0: It's time to spark a revolution. This time is for Christ with no pollution. Yeah, we see the world got no solutions. Trying to dim our lights, but we translucent. Plus we be fluent with the rhyme flow, give and go. MCs and DJs, here we go. Producers on the beats, that's about to blow. It's the Christ Revolution music radio show. You are locked in now with a special artist-to-artist
1: interview with Paradox. Don't just sit dial, it's about to get good.
0: Everybody, man we have a special special show today we got in the house our bro dr period d what's going on my brother what's man, going welcome.
1: on my brother how you feel sir
0: i feel good man it's friday you, i made it through all the of the hours in the early portion and now we just coasting. Yes. it's like roller coaster ride right, right. now but it's all good <laughs> that's so a good welcome. day absolutely man absolutely welcome to the show well thanks man, we for looked- having me Definitely, definitely. We look forward to having this conversation. You have a history and just a, a track record of being blessed to be in the music industry as well as doing films and different things. So we're going to cover a lot of those different elements as we go into the interview. But we'll start off with your, your background, your upbringing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is the foresight of us seeing how did you get here? Because a lot of people want to be in different positions and roles, and they don't really see how it all comes together. And it also will paint a picture that everyone don't have the same start, but they can still end up there. So it's always cool to hear those stories. So how was your upbringing in in your background?
1: Well, my upbringing was very interesting, I should say. (laughs) You know, when you're younger, you don't understand what's going on in your life, you know. But yeah if you continue on pushing forward, you'll start getting some answers eventually. True, And, uh, you know, I come from a rough background, you know, born and raised in Brooklyn, yeah. Brownsville. you know, so it never really was, uh, a easy upbringing as far as leaving the house and going wherever direction I was trying to go. Yeah. You know, I, I ran into everything you could possibly think about. That's not right to do. Yeah. And I also ran into opportunities and mm. things that that look like it could be the right thing to do, you yeah. know, and it was just a question of choice. And most of my time it was always about, you know, OK, what what excites me? You know, so, you know, as a youngin', you you go through phases, you know, you say, hey, you know, I want to I want to do this. I want to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I want to I want to grow up and be this, you know. So, yeah, you no, know, I, I was I was very blessed, very I could say very young because. You know, God always played a role in my household, you know, through my mother, through mm. you know, through my household. And that was one of her things. She always was trying to, like, teach her kids how to pray, how to yeah. believe in God, you know. And like I said, when you're young, you might not catch the whole concept of what she's trying to get you to um, think yeah. <clears throat> and move off of. But, you know, after a while, it all started hitting home, you know, because... You start getting into things, you start doing things. So I say that um coming out of Brooklyn in those days and that time, that, that was really hard. Yeah. But uh I made it. You know, That's right. That's right. glory, I made it. And you know, to have the gift and to be able to use your gift, yeah. And be able to uh use the power of God working in your life. Yeah. And not knowing how God is working in your life and not even being acknowledgeable about the whole idea that God is by your side, step by step. Yeah. And then when you finally uh, realize it, it's like mind blowing. It's like a a game changer to
0: you. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Some good stuff, man, because that's the reality. You know, you're starting out living life and making decisions. What's around in the neighborhood? What is everyone else up to? But I did hear you say, you know, trying to think, what do you want to be? So when you were growing up, did you know what you would want to be? Like, did you already have something in sight in your mind?
1: Well, I had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to be. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it it was just it was just the question of like how I was going to get there. You know, one of the things that I did know for a fact was music was a driving passion in me, like. It's wow. a household thing, you know, coming yeah. up young and watching my mother be the gatekeeper to a lot of these musicians and mm-hmm. being responsible of most of these musicians meeting one another and how yeah. she opened up her door to the struggling musicians in that time to mm-hmm. be able to come in, have a place to practice, a place to eat, even yeah. lay their heads sometimes. Yeah. It, it, I didn't understand why she was so, you know, helpful to that community yeah. and... But music was always around me, and her thing was all her kids had to learn an instrument. you go going to school, <laughs> just don't go to school. You better pick up some kind of instrument, instrument or learn something about music, because that was her thing, and it rubbed on all of us. And But for me, it carried me a little different, because I'm the youngest out of all of my older brothers, and me being the youngest, all my older brothers used to really be like, yo, mm. stick with the music, man. You, you're really, really good at what you're doing. And, yeah. One thing led to another, and next thing I know, the music was my calling. You know, it was like, something you're going to do in the music, but I didn't know what. So I went through the phases of DJing, human beatboxing, you know, even down to breakdancing. I know you might look at me and go, you know how to breakdance? (laughs) Yeah, I know how to breakdance, you know. (laughs) So I went through so many phases, you know, from even graffiti writing and everything, Mm -hmm. You know, when I when I started really like coming into myself as a teenager, yeah. I started realizing like, wow, music is something. It's something about music. it keep calling me.
2: Yeah.
1: And I really got really focused in the music and God was really there. And he was like, look, listen, I got a plan for you. Mm. But it's going to take some time. I'm going to develop you yeah. for years to come. But yeah. it's going to take some time and I'm going to get you there. Yeah. And, and then one thing led to another. And, yeah, I never even thought I would sell one record or even make a record to more or less sell over 30 million records as a producer. You (laughs) know, so I knew that was the the glory of God being in in favor of me. So I knew what it was about at that point. So I started realizing, like, yeah, it's got to be more to me, Mm -hmm. but I don't know yet. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: To so I'm gonna really ask guy. you a question. Um, I was talking to another artist, and because we have some history with experiencing life, we can ask these type of questions. You know, what do you prefer when you think about your upbringing and growing up in music? Do you prefer vinyl or cassette?
1: Mm. I actually prefer them both because they are physical product, you know. Yeah. And to be honest with you. Vinyl was a little bit more last longing yeah. than cassette because yeah, you know cassette, cassette pop. You don't yeah. clean your heads <laughs> and you don't clean no machines. This chewing that this up like it's you no know, tomorrow. Yeah. And you, if anybody ever experienced trying to take cassettes back together <laughs> and, it, and make it magic. work, yeah, that's like going into the operating room. <laughs> performing surgery like (laughs) it's it's a real deal
0: (laughs) yeah if it breaks vinyl. yeah vinyl (laughs) vinyl.
1: vinyl. yeah i remember getting a little
0: screwdriver trying to open that cassette so you can get that (laughs) and then tape it and then put it back and screw it back
1: right right and then got the 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 little wheel that you try to do tighten it just enough get your pen oh yeah do the rolling. (laughs) You get kind of nice in in those kind (laughs) of areas.
0: Now we can just reach on our phone and play every album for the past. Tell
1: me about it. (laughs) This is like, wow. Look how technology grew.
0: Definitely grew. Definitely grew. So you were in the elements of hip hop and its formation, the manifestation of it, because you defined the four areas, just didn't get into emceeing, but everything else was there. Um, how was that for you being in New York? Cause I know I'm in Philly, so I grew up in Philly. So we had okay. similar things, mm-hmm. but not quite the same. Cause you guys had the record companies in your city. So it was like a whole nother level of just access and just being from New York. Like, was it any, um, artists that got into hip hop that you knew? At an early stage, before you know it, really took off. What were you seeing growing up in Brooklyn? Was there any artist that was there started recording? And
1: yeah, it, it's funny because Brooklyn was the home and the birth of a lot of incredible MCs that started that whole hip hop, you know, um, foundation. You yeah. know, and I can't say from the beginning, but yeah. Carried the torch and 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 help elevate it. I mean, from the Big Daddy Kings mm-hmm. to you know to the uh, Steps Society and oh, wow. Mighty Mike Masters to uh, Majestic MCs. Like the list go on, on and, and, and on, on and on. And then you get the Quarmains. Then you get the Special Ed. Then you, you know, I watched a lot of artists. Somehow, some way was in the music, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then it got caught into labels, little small independent labels in those times. Yeah, And they were dropping things called white labels at the time, you wow. know, and a lot of them had what we call local success, you know, with the record played on like the magic show, Molly Moss spinning the record or yeah. the, um, what it was, the Hank, Hank, Hank Lover and Half Pint. Mm. Uh, the Mighty Mike Master show, some, something like that. Uh yeah. Jessica MC shows. It was it was all that. And then uh I started going outside of New York. I mean mm-hmm. not New York, but Brooklyn. Yeah. Started going uptown. They started going to Queens and the Bronx. And then relationships started growing. Then I started seeing a lot of artists from all different boroughs, like somehow, some some way they was getting in the music business. Yeah. And I knew then. That that's the way I wanted to go. But yeah. I didn't know exactly how that was going to all work out.
0: Understood. So when you started playing instruments, were you thinking more, I would be into r and B, I I would be into versus hip hop? Because remember, hip hop was just starting out. So for all yeah, of us, yeah, yeah. we're yeah, like, yeah. yo, that's cool. But man, right. yeah, the R&B singers, you know, DeBarge and, michael jackson you know what i mean all of that was was bigger than hip-hop was in those days so where did you think you were landing
1: well in those in that time being a musician it was more or less making the drum line you know because Mm. drumming became my instrument of choice you know okay i I say my weapon of of the war of music you know drums became that for me but um I had a great music teacher, you know, his name was Stick Sevens. That's one of James Brown's drummer. Wow. And he's been, he was training me for like four years mm. in music, you know, far as that's how I started learning how to play pianos and different instruments and how yeah. I started growing into my whole musicianship. And it wasn't no specific genre of music. It was, it was just trying to stay in a band because a lot of people was getting cut, you know, because we had to learn to re sheet music and do all that and and be really good at it. That's right. You know, because if you couldn't keep up and sticks was the kind of teacher was like, look, man, you ain't got it, man. Just get and go to the gym. (laughs) you know you send everybody to the gym like go go pick up a basketball do Do something something else else. this room right here is not for you you know i've watched so many people walk to the gym you know and i was like i'm not gonna walk that line no way so i kept up and kept up and i actually was uh, a little step ahead because i had an older brother booby who -hmm. was a drummer and i used to play on his drum set and his drum set was like a full complete drum set, you know. Okay. I think he had like a 15 piece drum set and mm. I wanted to hit every piece of that drum set but just playing around got me shocked. So when I got into the music class with sticks, yeah. I was already a, like a little ahead of a lot of people and that was all, you know, because of my brother Booby I watch him. That's I right. learned from him. I studied and you know, just getting all that locked in Mm -hmm. That's what got me going. So I knew right there, as I was doing the musician part of me, I was learning about hip hop. Mm -hmm. So R and B was something I learned how to do. Play other songs, you know. I learned how to play by ear. I learned a lot of things just listening to all different styles of music because sticks wouldn't let us play just anything. You know, we played a lot of hard. I call a lot of difficult pieces yeah. because we used to have battles at this place called Kilgore Auditorium hmm. down in Brooklyn on J street. And it was the battles of the school for, you know, the bragging rights of the year and get wow. a trophy and who has the best band. And we used to be in that every year. Yeah. And that's why he used to sharpen us to be prepared for those kind of battles. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was ready and I was prepared. So to find the genre of music, I think I learned a lot about R and B. Yeah and pop yeah. first and then i discovered hip-hop gotcha new videos music articles devos and more stay connected get the app now so you don't miss a thing visit holyculture.net
0: so that's all the early stages of the instruments so how many instruments were you playing at that time or end at, up now being well
1: at that time it was first i went in there for drums then i learned piano then i learned bass then i learned guitar and mm. then i learned how to play you know a couple different uh uh you know like trumpets and different things like that flute yeah. and because what he what he had was this thing of like yo don't get stuck in one place see if you're talented enough to do mm. more than one instrument and wow. it, it, i found that interesting and yeah. that actually really built the whole producing thing about me so now when i listen to records at that point i was listening to each part and studying how a bass player would think when he do bass lines and Mm. how guitar player would think when he's doing guitar riffs and what a what a trumpet player would do with a horn section is about you know i was studying so hard because i was now introduced to the different instruments
0: yeah so yeah that's
1: a little bit of every instrument
0: yeah yeah so when you're in that type of element and you're listening to music now, you're listening to it completely different. Others who aren't playing instruments listen to it like, yeah, that sounds good. But you're hearing things jump out of the mix and be presentable to you. So I ask you this question from the standpoint of those early formative years. What was your favorite song? What was your favorite song um, that you played over and over and
1: over again? And uh, it was this one song that we learned in the class, and it's a song called Pots and Pans.
0: Pots and Pans. I think I heard it's that a,
1: name. It's, it's, it's one of those like popish r R&B, but real real funky. Like, it mm-hmm. was real cool. It had that bang, bang, boom, bang, boom, bang, 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 boom, bang. Yeah, it was one of those. That, that song I played over and over and <laughs> over. And, uh, I mean, that was my song. And then, you know, like when you get into uh, hip hop, then yeah. you hit break beats And yeah. then I had a bunch of favorite break beats you know. Yeah. Apache. I had uh, UTF, uh, what is UFO. Yeah. I had uh, Sing Sing. It was a bunch of those breaks that it, it was just, you know, music was grabbing me
0: like in a way like I've
1: never it, wow. it almost felt like a relationship. Yeah. I fell in love. <laughs> yeah. it, it is.
0: I mean, for those yeah. who grew up in music, we know what you're talking about. Like, yes, you had yes, your own yes. record player. You had your own stack of records. Yes. You know, yes. You used to know all the different labels and you say, oh, this is RCA. Yeah, I know this what is and this the colors
1: <laughs> and who was on that label. Yeah, yeah I, I was real good at that. Yeah, I was studying. And then I look at artwork on the covers for so long while I'm listening yeah. to the song. And then I discovered like how Quincy Jones was involved with music so heavy yeah. on so many different levels. And I I just sit there and be like, Wow, Quincy Jones did this. <laughs> Why he did that. Wow. Like, yeah, and that's I, the definitions know, of producer. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So who is your favorite producer if you're thinking about overall I your, had a
1: couple. I had yeah. a couple. Teddy Riley was my favorite. Hmm. Um, far as R and B, Babyface, Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam, yeah, and these these are those producers from that time and that era. Um, then uh, who else? Who else? Quincy Jones was my favorite. Yeah. Um, it was a couple. It was it was a couple. I mean, I, I and then even in the hip hop world, from the Pete Rocks to mm-hmm. the you know Molly Ma to yeah. to those guys to uh, even a guy um remember Devonte Swain from Jodeci mm. Yeah. One yeah of my yeah. favorite like it was a it was a couple producers that really set fire to me like mm. I I just enjoy like the way they created yeah
0: so how was your mind spinning when you're Hearing those type of records come out and those producers, the mixes and stuff, and your mind is spinning to say, I think I can create that type of music on that type of level. Was that starting to stir a fire in you to say, I got to get some equipment now so I can find out how good I am and test myself? Was, was those some of your, your feelings?
1: It, it was a lot have to do with, I say... Learning, I was doing more learning from these people. I was like, "Wow, these 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 guys got, they got yeah. their craft down." Like, cause I didn't know what they was doing. Like, I yeah. didn't know how they how they was even laying tracks. Like, I didn't know yeah. how tracks was laid yeah. and stuff like that. But they motivated me to try to find out. So that's when my internship started happening, mm. where I was going to Z Studios in in Brooklyn and, uh, mm. interning there and yeah. trying to figure out like what. A studio without, but mm-hmm. they kept me on the coffee machines and the cleanup, <laughs> you know, assignments. So I became real good in coffee making and yeah. cleaning up, you know. But those producers used to make me go. I mean, when I first heard Guy, mm-hmm. when he first came on the scene, and I and I was so blown away. I was like, man, these guys here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they doing and how they doing it. And then one of the one of one of a good friend of mine's. uh, Barshir, he introduced me to uh, a man named uh, Roy Bayan, hmm. and Royu Bayan was one of the uh, mentors to Teddy Riley at the time, Wow! and when I met Royale, Royale took me up and said, yo, I'm going to introduce you to Teddy Riley, and I was like, what, you know Teddy mm-hmm. Riley? So he took me and meet Teddy Riley, and I, when I went in that studio, because I only knew Z Studios, and it was a very great studio. Yeah. But I went into a studio called Soundtracks when I met him. He was down there doing some some remixes and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think his rack unit and see all those different modules that he was using <laughs> to make those songs. All cold. I said in my head, <laughs> I need that rack unit. I don't know I'm what sure. is in that unit, but I need that unit. That's right. <laughs> and then that started the motivation for me to want to get ahead and just, you know, uh, start pulling equipment together and start trying to figure it out so I took my internship a little more serious and I really started getting good at you know um listening and watching and taking notes and writing stuff down you know so yeah yeah and then I became like I can't even say an assistant engineer but I came an assistant to an engineer but without being on the boards but and was able to talk and ask what this knob mean and he'd tell yeah. me, well, this is the high-end buttons, this the mids, this the bottoms, and once you learn one slot, you know the whole board, next thing you got to learn is the auxiliary, the bus, and then, you know, so I just started learning as I was going along and then this all started kind of making sense as I was getting into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... Was your heart always still focused more primarily on the creation of music and wanting to do that versus the engineering aspect? Because you were right there seeing records being mixed and the outcome of what they went in with dry and what it comes out with, with all the finishing touches. Did that start trying to get in some time of your desire of creating music or is it still... Yeah,
1: because yeah, I say that it was the combination of it all, like mm-hmm. watching something from the beginning and then hearing it at the end. And then I didn't understand what they was doing when they said, we yeah. got to mix this. they like, we got to mix this. And I was like, what do you mean about yeah. mixing? Like, what is that about? And then, you know, when I sat into a couple of mixing sessions, mm-hmm. I started understanding they took all the levels and brought them down. That's and right. they start raising everything up one by one, and then mm-hmm. they pull the vocals up at a certain place, That's and right. then start putting everything up under the vocals. And you know, so I just started to understand. But then they had these things, this thing called the real, real at the time, we had mm-hmm. the slice tapes, you know. So they showed me how to slice tape and set <laughs> things up. And you know, I was learning the real The thing, real
0: stuff, the real and recording I didn't even industry, go to
1: for none of that. You
0: nah, know, nah. so
1: that was hands on, you know, experience. That's why I knew I was blessed then, yeah. And I knew it was destined for me to do that. so... Becoming an engineer was something I wanted to become, yeah. and and then learning, like, how they was making the production and the producing. I wanted to be a producer. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I also wanted to rap, you know, because yeah. I, I DJ first, I human beatbox, mm-hmm. then I discovered that I can write some words. So, you know, then I wanted to rap. and. Yeah. You know, I think I wanted to just be down because it wasn't yeah. even about making a record. It was just like, I just want to see if I can do what these guys can do. It wasn't like I was looking for a record deal or nothing yeah. like that. I was just so excited that, you know, that yep. I could be in the music business and, and, and do what these, these guys I look up to is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that played the role. I think I was wanted to be it all.
0: And like you're saying, that gave you an edge. Yeah. And you started producing because most producers start out producing, not mixing. You yeah. Know, it's, it's like you were introduced to the whole thing behind the scenes. Was there any um, records that came out from that studio that became popular that you were like, I was in the room when they recorded it, or I was in the room when they mixed it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a couple. Uh, see, what happened was that studio birthed a lot of like uh Cindy Lauper type wow. uh, Madonna, Debbie Gibson, you mm-hmm. know, all the pop stuff. The pop. I started learning to understand pop music a little different because that's where uh Z Studio was uh really like known for all the big pop records, you know, at gotcha. that time. It was the uh, producer Fred Zarr. He was he was like mm. this real huge pop producer, and, and you know my brother uh, Mister B, you know he was like his go to guy on engineer. Mm. Then you had Jeff and Peter from Family Stand used to be in there creating their music. It you know mm. it was the, it was the home of them pop big record guys, you know yeah. and. I watched a lot of that stuff start and then I watched the ending results of all that stuff and I was like wow that's yeah. that's amazing you know and then I see how the the plaque came in and they hung it on the wall <laughs> I will never forget every time I walk in that studio and walk down the steps every time I walk down the steps, all I'm seeing is plaques going down the steps and I used to always say in my head i want yeah, my day. studio one day I'm going to build a place like this in my basement and it was not his basement because mm-hmm. he had the whole house and Mm. He had the plaques going down the steps. You you knew he was going into a studio, and yeah. I said, I can just get like something like that going on. And I didn't know where them plaques came from. I thought mm-hmm. they make those things and just put them on walls, something you know. As that's life true. you know goes on, you earn those, and that's the acknowledgement in the music business that they give you when you reach a certain level of uh, success, you know. And yeah. then you know, I, I actually was blessed to, to to have nothing but walls full of plaques.
0: Yeah. So in that element, you know that the creation of music doesn't mean every record that's created gets out the studio and make it to the record. Where you starting to be introduced to spending hours on something that never really see the light of day because either the label shoots it down, but it's one of your favorite songs. And you're like, they got to let this one rock. Like, have you, I, you I, seen- to
1: be honest with you, I really seen a lot of that (laughs) yeah yeah i seen a lot of records was made but i never heard them come on the radio you know and i really wasn't like a part of it from an engineer or producer's point i was just in the room
2: yeah
1: and i used to see them write songs and and, and they come out so good and it sounds so good but then the next day they're doing another song and i never hear that song again Never so I see back. a lot of that constantly going. Then I started going to other studios, and that was happening the same, you know, same mm. way at other studios.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah,
1: so I've been around a lot of that. Yeah, I see yeah. a lot of that happen.
0: That's amazing because so much music is created, and then it's like you're not doing nothing with it. Like, just yeah. Now we know. I used to know, always say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and today we know that that record. May not have sailed with that artist, but they'll sell it to some other artist who will re mm-hmm. it, and next thing you know, it's a hit. And you're like, "Wait a second! It was a hit before, but right. it wasn't for the right person," quote unquote. So yeah, I
1: you, see a lot of that.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of that that goes on. So when did you actually start producing? When did that moment happen? What did you get your hands on to start crafting your own sounds?
1: well producing became serious for me is when you know i tell the story i don't really talk about it a lot but mm-hmm. i had a partner named dj omega supreme and mm-hmm. he, had, you know he passed away Oh man! and um he was the dj and i was the rapper at the time you okay. know we, we had a a little group that was called dr darryl d and dj omega supreme and uh mm-hmm. that was our little combination but when he passed I kind of felt the dark space and I went into yeah. a dark space. I didn't really want to um, do music like that, you know, yeah. and and, and uh, the gym teacher, Miss Baker, mm-hmm. she used to come around and check up on me because she knew how close me and this yeah. guy I was. And she used to always say, yo, guys had some real good music. I don't think you should stop. But it just didn't seem like what, you know, what I could do. We, had a, we even had a deal situation with Hurricane Records. Wow. And we supposed to put a single out, you know, and it just a lot of stuff just didn't happen. And Mm -hmm. the producing thing came from me being depressed and didn't really want to produce. So I always had this anger in me. Mm -hmm. So when I started back messing with music, I Mm -hmm. didn't want to rap no more. So I felt it was something missing. But I started producing. Mm-hmm. so this is why the music started becoming hard you know.
0: Gotcha. that's
1: when I started making all that you know gangster kind of beats mm-hmm. and all those hardcore you know because I, I, I was in a dark place at the time Gotcha. and that's when producing started kicking in and then people started telling me oh you got some nice beats you got some nice music
0: mm-hmm. and next
1: thing I know one beat go out the door and it gets with someone else and then it gets with someone else and then it gets with someone else and yeah. for years and years and in and out and next thing I know that's what I was doing I
0: was producing. What uh equipment were you using at that time for the early stages?
1: My early stages had a history of my first machine. I I could be here all day telling you this stuff. (laughs) I I traded my first machine for a pair of blue and white plumas and a sheepskin coat. And the first machine I ever got my hands on was called the Sosonic Drum. And that's this black box with four gray circles and comes with plastic drumsticks. Wow. And my little nephew, he had a blue radio that he broke. Mm-hmm. And for somehow, some way, they thought the radio was damaged. And I asked him, can I have the radio? They gave me the radio. Mm-hmm. And. I connected wires together to have the soul sonic drum play out the speakers of the blue, little blue radio. And that mm-hmm. was my first setup. And then from there, I got a Dr. Rhythm, then yeah. I got a uh, TR-909, then I got a DD-1 Korg, and then mm-hmm. I discovered the MPC-60 Mark II. First wow. before the Mark II, I had the MPC-60 when they first mm-hmm. made it, the yeah. Roger Land edition by Akai. And then I got the MPC-60, and it was called the Mark II. That was the second version of it. Mm -hmm. And it was history ever since then. And when I got those machines, that's when the producing of DR really started developing up.
0: So were you more or less sampling, or did you have something to play keys into? Like, how were you crafting some of the early sounds?
1: I did. I did what we call replays you okay. know because at that point I mind you i'm, I'm a musician so yeah that's what i mean i can listen to a record you know and i didn't really because the machines when it was sampling time before i got the mp yeah c60 holy culture radio is operated by the Corelink solution a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential if you feel led to contribute to this mission Visit www.holyculture.net slash donations.
0: So, after experiencing that and now starting to get more into you know, because mm-hmm. you're saying beats are going out the door now. Right. So, it's starting to invite you into different elements where people will want to have you produce and you'll have a bigger opportunity because this label has this artist signed to them. What because it's hard for us to go through everything you probably experienced but what was the most um exciting time when one of your beats got picked up and it became something that blew your imagination from the standpoint of how far it went like one of the special ones
1: it's funny that you say that because i never had like a pacific like um time where Mm -hmm. i was doing it
2: yeah
1: a certain way you know like like i discovered that i was making records when one day i'm in the car with my parents and Mm -hmm. my brother and the record came on the radio Mm -hmm. and the record came on the radio it was one of those beats that i programmed and left at a studio oh wow and I was like, wow, that's that, that sound like that beat that I made at Blasey Blaz studio. <laughs> I know
0: see, that like, what was what popular mean? back that then. That sound
1: like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that sound like? So when I started hearing the records, I started realizing that, okay, you know, something is going down. And yeah, now that I know that it's going down, I started I started uh, understanding like wow, when I programmed, people will use. But I used mm. to just leave it on the machines just because the machines was um, like, the way it was set up, they had the machines on. You, I was so yeah. excited to hit a new machine, make a pattern and leave. You, you know, just leave. Yeah. You know, And didn't know that when people came in to do sessions and they hit play, That's they right. was hearing that beat padding and then they end up just adding on to the record and <laughs> That's when I started realizing that I was doing something
0: co-producing yeah <laughs> didn't I, I, didn't, I didn't
1: really understand mm. you know what it what it was growing into, but i yeah. took I took that whole situation and turned it around. And then my, when I started explaining to my mother, then my mother started explaining to me what it was going on, and then she introduced me to Abby, and wow. Abby was like the manager, Madonna, Debbie Gibson, and all of them. He started explaining to me; he was asking me mm-hmm. all these questions: "What studio you went to? What record you did? And isn't it? Yeah. And i was like, I don't know, and I'm telling them this, that, and yeah. the third, and you know, so you're
0: trying to go off of memory, and you've probably been in so many yeah, different studios. <laughs> excited about the equipment and you just there
1: you go and <laughs> being in there playing around yep. and messing around and making, making patties and drums and that's when I started getting the excitement like wow that beat that I program at that studio it's yeah. is so crazy because now people are using the beat and yeah. then uh, since then I kind of started learning a little bit more about what I was doing Yeah, and then the I business. started being careful
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's true Cause that's all intellectual property and all of that creation, and you're supposed to be a part of everything that that goes with for the future. And it's like if you have no paperwork,
1: right. no
0: one can be able to validate, support it, and yeah, I lost a lot
1: of what early I say,
0: stages money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. but stages. it's still training. That's the whole thing about it, right? <laughs> it's still training. It's just that you were an apprentice to someone's hit. You know,
1: yeah, you yeah, yeah.
0: Compensate. But then when I
1: caught on to it, then I started behaving like you know the proper way and started doing things and being more mindful. Then yeah. I started learning about copyrights and you know, yeah. started learning the business a little bit more yeah. because now I, I realized I was in the business. If somebody gonna take a beat and use it, I can't even say they stole it because they didn't yeah. even know I did it. You know, they they, they just, just walked in. And God put in that machine,
0: <laughs> and it happened
1: to be in the same zone they was in they at say, the oh, time. Makes sense for them, you know. So yeah, yeah, that makes so complete that's, that's sense. What I
0: so, so what was the first record that you heard that went all the way to the moon? You would say that you didn't see, foresee it being that from the creation of standpoint.
1: Well. I say, for me, when I was working with Positive K, and mm-hmm. then you did "I Got a Man," then we did "Ain't No Crime," then, uh, um, then I got into a situation with uh, Freedom Williams from CNC Music Factory and doing yeah. that production work over there, and that started blowing up over there. It, it kind of like really all started happening. Mm-hmm. from there and then it started growing into something else and then I was like kind of in a position to gain street credibility at that time mm-hmm. you know for producing you know those street hip hop records, you know, records. Mm-hmm. and then it started going there and then um, next thing I know records all over the radio and things just yeah. happened when people are producing records for us getting signed and yeah. It was a lot of, like, blessings coming down, like, heavy on me. And I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's when I really, really was, like, sold on the idea. Like, music is you, man. That's what you're yeah. going to be doing. Yeah. For the rest of your life, I think you're going to be doing <laughs> music, you know? That's and funny. I've been there. I've been there, and, and I've done it. So to hear records started happening, then next thing I know, I'm, I'm out there in, in L.A. at the time, at the Jackson's mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. You know, uh Janet Jackson was at the time on a Rhythm Nation tour and I stayed wow. at the Jackson house and I stayed in the room that she would stay in every time she come over to the family house. Wow. So I stayed there. I had that bragging rights going around. Nobody yeah. beat me,
2: though, but, <laughs> yeah, was back so in the I was hood. The like, yeah, right. I, was, I was
1: playing balls with the Jackson I was playing basketball with the Jackson. I slept in Janet Jackson's bed. Nobody it's sure. like <laughs> look at this guy here, man. But it happened. It truly happened. That's right. And, um I remember when I beatboxed with Joe Jackson the very first time. That man was mm-hmm. smiling so hard. He, he couldn't believe me beatboxing like that because I was a very good beatbox, you know? So yeah. it, it, a lot of blessings came out of what was going on with me, but I didn't understand yeah. still at that point how yeah. God was working his magic and developing me to become the person that I am to this day. Yeah. So, you know, that journey was like like amazing because. It was kind of almost like it was meant to be, you know. A lot of my mistakes, a lot of my bad situations, Mm -hmm. good was coming out of it. A lot of my mistakes, good was being made in them. Like it it was just so much bad going on and wrong going on, but at the same time, God was like, "Look, listen, we ain't gonna let it go down like this." Yeah. So a lot of that was happening. So you know, yeah, I, I got to experience some real. Great records in the very beginning, and that hit radio and did a lot and took off. You
0: know? Yeah. So when and it was did a couple
1: it, records. Yeah, it was a couple records.
0: Couple. Yeah. I, I, well, when we go through the discography, you know, people online they would see all the records. Oh DR yeah, they're being can very stand, chill yeah. right now. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. yeah. It was a lot.
1: Of, I mean, it was a lot of records. Like if you look at my history, you'll go, "Wow, I didn't yeah. know this guy." You know, this is the one man band doing all this stuff for mm-hmm. all these people. Yeah. But that's how it was for me.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying, God's hand was still on you, even though the content may have not been glorifying to him. It's just that that's where you were in a creative state and even mm-hmm. all of the different challenges, because I'm sure it gets even more complicated. I've seen another interview you were talking about when you're working with this camp another camp can be offended by you working with that camp and is trying to yeah. mess up deals and opportunities and it's like, why is this so complicated? It's just music. And it's like, yeah, to others, yeah. it's not and just it music. Serious. Yeah, yeah,
1: because he, one thing I realized is that, you know, through the music, because when I had to think about it, you know, I went into silence where I said I'm not going to rap no more. I'm not going to mm-hmm. even be doing this rhyming thing or whatever because, you know, yeah. Of my experience of being that and then losing my best friend at the same time. Yeah. So that put me in what we call a real dark place. Mm-hmm. But God said, Look, I'm gonna develop you and I'm gonna bring you back to it. And yeah. all these years that even though that the content was in glorifying God, he mm-hmm. was he was designing my craft as a producer, as yep. a marketing person, as yep. a creative person, and all yep. the great things. Cause he said the, the time that you gonna open your mouth. Hmm. Again, to speak, you're gonna have a reason to talk. Hmm. And that's why I tell everybody, might be some people be like, Yo, why 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 all of a sudden you rapping now? Or why are you why are you, you know, I'm seeing yeah. you making records. I said, I got a reason now, because yeah. God get the glory in everything I do now from this point yeah. on. You yeah. know, so it's different for me. And then, you know, I always use it as like a boxer in the ring and he swing and swinging swinging he out of breath and did mm-hmm. he get that second win and yeah. did he go super hard and, and, and then start winning that fight that's yeah. what I feel God did for me He gave me that second win it was like look now let's go hey, man. and I was like wow God all these years you was developing me wow submissions are always open for artists and we are not hard to find holyculture.net forward slash submissions
0: so let's get into that. Let's get into when did you get to that? You know, what happened for the moment of you to say, God, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to shift. Um, I feel you pushing me to this way. You're leading me and guiding me this way. And to slow down on all because I, I can look at your discography and I see there was a pause period. Um, yeah you probably just maturing and growing in god so for you mm-hmm. what, what what got you to that point and then you, know, you can explain it from there because you lived it because what's been
1: happening is that um what i what i what i what happened is that i've been in brooklyn all my life right mm-hmm. and for a person that um born and raised in brooklyn you know i started going to church you know yeah. and um I went to a church. I was invited to a church. And the first church that I went to that hit me like that was uh, uh, Hezekiah Walker Church okay. right down okay. in okay.
2: East yes. New York.
1: Right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went into this church and mind you, me walking in, I've never felt that feeling before. I said, hmm. wow, there's something of God. different about this. Yeah, said yeah. something different about this building. And then I started noticing that I kept telling everybody how exciting church was for me. Yeah. And i like, y'all, Yo, man, you bugging out. He's on my church. man. Church. <laughs> you know, everybody giving me their philosophy of my church, you know, yeah,
0: of course I was,
1: I was hearing it. I was dealing with it, but I think the real transition happened is the day when I went and got saved. So I left Brooklyn. Yeah. I moved out there to Atlantic city. Then, you know, okay. I stayed out there and then I went to another church with uh pastor, Woodrow McKenzie. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, when I went to the McKinsey church, that's when I became a part of something because they embraced me They mm. brought me into the brotherhood and I'm mm. going to a couple of the brotherhood meetings and mm-hmm. listening and watching these brothers and, and, and what, what they was giving me from the day when I walked in, they gave me that every time I seen them and it never changed. It never shifted. They never, shift. they never uh, made me feel uncomfortable to not come back. They, you know, it was a, uh, it was a real solid situation, and mm-hmm. I think what really happened is when I got into that process where I was kind of confused of what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, where I got to a point I didn't want to make records, so I just started focusing on product placements where, mm-hmm. uh, if you're familiar with publishing, you know, yeah. you, you, you do the submission game for TV and films and commercials, and, so yeah. I just started doing that for years and years and years, but yeah. then I got saved. Mm-hmm. And when I got saved, I didn't know what that was all about. So I got saved. Then I started noticing my life was changing. So the people that I wanted to be around me so bad and keep close to me, God was removing them. Yeah. And I was like, why all the people I like is leaving?
0: Yeah. You (laughs) You said, what is it about me? Yeah, what's what's
1: this all about? So the separation started happening. And then I started feeling... Like, you know, you get to a place where you start feeling alone. Yeah. But then now me feeling alone wasn't me feeling alone. God just put me in a place yeah. where I can concentrate now. That's right. And he put me in a place where I could hear him now. So mm. <clears throat> my ears was different. Yeah. So when people talk, I hear people talk. But when God talk, I was paying attention. Yeah. And then he was like, well, this is what you're going to do with the church. You hear how bad this system is in the church. Wow. You got the ability to go in that church and fix that problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I went in there and fixed the problem of the sound. Then yeah. I started realizing these speakers was partially blown. So I wow. started donating speakers to the church and went and bought them a nice set of uh, EVs and, and, yeah. and turned that church into a sound of like a club. You know, <laughs> I had that place jumping. You thought you was look, at a club on look, Saturday night. You
0: got to bring some sound. Get the subwoofers. how you <laughs>
1: And my pastor used to come to me. He's like, I don't know what you doing back here in this sound room, but you yeah. keep it going.
0: <laughs> and so you were in a sound I, room.
1: <laughs> so I'm running the sound room now. Yeah. So I'm the sound yeah. guy.
0: That's they right. never
1: had that before. They had some people, you know, just fix them, with the volumes and whatever. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you know, I became a part of that church, and then next thing I know, they talking about breaking ground and expanding the church and doing the I'm out yeah. there breaking ground with them. I'm out there <laughs> doing it all. Like I became a part of it with my homies like, oh, you now turned to a church boy. I'm like, well, call it what you want. Yeah, That's I know, what right? I am. You know, God is working <laughs> in my life and I cannot deny it. And I yeah, ain't I going to because y'all don't see it for yeah. y'all. You know, so. <clears throat> I said, you know what, God, you know, I prayed on. I said, you know, let let me lead by example. Like, let me now become better in what I do. And music-wise, I don't know what kind of music to make. God said, look, listen, you got labels, you got business, you got production company, you got studios. Yeah, create a new company. So Inspirational Rock Boy became the new company. And I was like, Mm. I got to find an artist. He said, no, you don't. You're going to be the artist. That's right he said, I've been developing you for over 20-something years to become this. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I do it? He said, yeah, hey, you can do it. That's right. And I went in there and went to work. And God said, mm-hmm. look, look how many albums you got done. <laughs> I have five albums done so far.
0: I believe. And every
1: week I've just been putting them out, putting them out, putting records out. Just yeah. weekly records and put, loading up the system. I got a plan from now, from the top of the year all the way to next year. I believe. Of nonstop releases and music and coming. Then I was like, God, you think I need to be jumping on stage, going to show. He said, Yeah, you do.
0: Somebody got to see it.
1: That's right. And he said, You're not going to have to run and do it the way that you think you're going to do it because now is a thing of where people think image-wise, like, yeah, D, Mm -hmm. you know, you should get your Bible, you know, you should put your suit on, you know, you should look like a pastor when you come out and do your performance and stuff like that. And then I said to myself, if I do that, then who am I going to appeal to? Yeah. And then God was like, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to stay you, and -hmm. you're going to go in places you don't belong. You're going to be around people you don't need to be around. You're going to do it so different. Yeah. And you're gonna do the music that you was doing in that other world, and yeah. you're gonna do it in my world. But your content is gonna glorify me, wow, all day, every day. And that's what's been happening. And God has been so amazing because the records I'm making, yeah. I think now is the greatest records I've ever made in my life.
0: I that's glorifying you, God. I-, I definitely feel you, man. I had fun so on, on the show. I spun on the show Whole Nother Lit. Uh, I did a DJ mix to it and all. And, um, oh,
1: wow, my brother. It's,
0: it's just that type of energy. And because I've been around Christian hip-hop now since 98, I've grown I with it. So with my own ministry and stuff like that. So I totally understand what you mean when God sits you alone and start pouring into you and telling you all of the things that you've been through. Is not in vain. It's for a specific purpose. And now you're actually living out the purpose. And then that's why you said you can reflect and see even if bad things was going on, some way, somehow, God was keeping me. I'm evading and getting out of the situations and escaping. And it's like, it's not just because of a coincidence. It's like, no, you're called to do it. You have a purpose. You have a calling on your life. And now, like you're saying, you have music that you can release from now until whenever. It's all because of God's plan and what he wants to do. So now you're just walking in fulfillment of the predestination of what he really wanted to do through you. So, man, I'm excited to see this for you, man.
1: Yeah. And thank you, brother. And I give God the glory in all this because I kid you not, like, this is the greatest feeling I ever had doing mm. music wow this is one of my greatest feelings and and you know it made me more of a better person it made me more closer to god now I i got to a place where now i have to go to bible studies because yeah. now i want to glue into the Word more i want to yeah. be taught more i want to know more so, so i can say more to yeah. help someone you know yeah. to inspire someone to come closer to god you know and I, I know now that God put me in a position to to be a leader. You know, yeah. he's like, look, listen, I want you to be a leader and I want you to lead that whole crew. And those people mm-hmm. that I separate you from, they'll come back. Yeah. But they're going to come back on different terms.
0: Yeah, They're
1: going to have to come back with a totally different level of respect for where you're standing at now and me. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm waiting to see on yeah. that note, but all at the same time. I said to myself, I said, wow, God, I haven't felt this creative. And my imagination have not been running this wild in a long time. So now I get up with a certain excitement. I, I look yeah. forward to coming in. I look forward to having meetings. I look forward to Sunday service. I look forward to seeing if my homeboy is going to meet me at church. Because I tell him, all you yeah. got to do is just come. I said, yeah. like, I don't got to do nothing else. God I can do the rest. If you just show up. That's all you got to do. Just show up. You like, yo, D. I'ma come because you asked me, man. You you asked me to come. I'ma come. Yeah, just come. Just show. Up. Just show up. Hang out with me. You want <laughs> hang out with me? Meet me down here. You know. So that's my new. That's my new way of pulling people closer to God and also through the music because right now what mm. what He has planned is amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So I I can't wait. I can't wait till I'll I will be able to touch it. this. So many more people, you know. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be challenging because at first I was working in fear because I didn't yeah. understand what was going on.
0: It's the reality. Yeah. It's it's all yeah.
1: New. It was like you know you'd be a little scared of like yo you do this then mm-hmm. this and then you lose your homies and everybody telling you that you you're, you're getting all into God and you, you know I'm <laughs> listening to everything wrong but yeah. God saying that I need you to hear that because when these people leave. Yeah. They all gonna go. Wow, we left. Look what this guy's doing. We need to go and get on that that That's path. Right. But not for me. You yeah, got to do it for God. You know. That's so right. I'm excited to do that. That's yeah. what I'm excited for. You know. I I just I just you know walking the walk and and I'm talking the talk mm-hmm. and and I live and I'm standing on it and I'm not turning around from it.
0: That's good stuff, man. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God the Father is backing you up. So. When I talked to a brother earlier this week, he said, when God backs you up and he's behind the scenes, just connecting hearts to the music, it's like, you know, you're in your purpose and it's not for your glory. It's for God's glory because so many people needs to be touched. And unfortunately, content nowadays in music or just the Internet in and of itself is so... Like not uplifting it just weighs right. people down, and it's like gotta have something different to hear, to liberate, to set free mm-hmm. to re- revive, to refresh, you know to anoint like and if he's using vessels all across the world, you know and that's the question I want to um hit you before we close out is you know God was leading you to start writing and stuff, but for you and your perspective you wasn't necessarily thinking Christian rap. You were just being led in the music and what to write about. So were you rap. exposed to Christian rap? Did you know any Christian rappers? I had no existed?
1: clue what it was about. I didn't God know it, it. was I'm just <laughs> learning that now. I'm just learning about Lecrae and Bizu and all these other. I'm just learning about these yeah. guys. Like, and isn't cause that when crazy I went into though? It, crazy. I went into it from the heart. You know, and the 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 interesting part about it, I can't sit down and write nothing. Yeah. Every time I try to write a song, I can't get it right because I get into a phase of overthinking. Gotcha. God brought back this thing in me that just I call it the Biggie Small Jay Z syndrome. Where Mm
0: -hmm. put the mic on
1: and and just flow. Wow. And that's how them records is being made.
0: That's a blessing.
1: I said, wow, God, you doing it like that's why they all just like, bong, bong, bong. He said, I got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of things to do with you. Come on, we, gotta go. yeah, You're behind. we
0: got to go work to do. So
1: I had to start catching up, keeping up and getting yeah. ready and
0: yeah. not
1: be afraid for mm. it. And, and, you know, so when I when, when I jumped into it from the heart, you know, I said to myself, like everybody like you need to go to the church and do this you need to go to church and do that i said hold on. Hold on, hold
0: on. Said, can we grow into it please I said,
1: can, can i just first understand what's going on
0: <laughs> what's going on
1: <laughs> you know because god is making these plans like amen i'm quite sure he ain't telling you to tell me what to do because you don't even come to church so i <laughs> yeah, know i be about- in church with it you know so yeah, that's- i'm sitting there and i'm like explaining that to these people but then i said to god i pray on and god said look listen don't 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 worry about all that. Don't worry about that's none true. of this other stuff that just not important. Right now mm-hmm. is important is the purpose that I put you in and let me do my process with you yep. and just walk with me. Just good. walk with me. That's <clears throat> so that's where I've been and that's where yeah. I met. And now that I'm like learning more about the community. I'm learning more about the DJs. I'm learning more about you. I'm learning more about... Yeah, I'm I'm so excited, you know, because it feels like I'm meeting my brothers, my sisters, you know, in Christ. So it's like, wow, wow. You know, so I'm excited. So I'm here for you too, brother. If you need me for anything, I'm just letting (laughs) you know, brother, I'm here for you.
0: I feel you, man. I'm here for you as well. And that's the part about the community that we're so much excited about. Um, I was talking with Trigg, who actually runs Holy Culture, and he was saying to me when we was riding up to New York to go to, because they actually have events in New York. Um, One of them is Kingdom Time Choice Awards. So it's the Christian Mm -hmm. Hip Hop Awards. They had it last September. When we was riding up, though, he was saying, like, it just seems like God right now is pulling back the floodgate and blessings. Like when you're praying, a fulfillment of the prayer comes a little bit quicker than what it used to be.
2: Mm. And it's
0: like the sensitivity of that is God is planning something spectacular. We're all just playing our little roles,
1: but ultimately
0: he sees it from a higher view and just rolling it out. So when you finally seen community and you're like what yeah <laughs> it's, it's just confirmation to say no you're not alone because a lot of us would tell you when god started causing us to write raps about god we felt like we were the first christian mcs we was mm-hmm. like i'm the very first this is going to be awkward and strange no it's the plan of god and when he yeah. starts connecting like voltron the body and then you actually do stuff together it's like this is what he was talking about.
1: So, right.
0: That's the excitement, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's an excitement because it's like, wow. Because now, my I, I do a lot of gigs, I do a lot of running around. Yeah. And when I when I come on and perform, mm-hmm. I be like, yo, first of all, we're gonna give God this glory. And <laughs> the way my right. show tape is set up, they yeah. be looking at me when I come off that stage. It's like, yo, was you just up there?
0: Was going hard God? on God. <laughs> And you're yeah. like, why not?
1: I said, yeah. I said, why you think I say I, uh, it's a whole nother lit? Yeah. You know, because when God make promises to you, that's a whole nother lit. Like that's you dope. think you lit because you doing this and you doing that. Wait till you get in your life. That's a whole nother that's lit.
0: That's a whole nother lit. So I'm like, level. let's
1: run with this. Let's go. So you know, I push it. And when I when I when I see people like, yo, I need to get with you, man. I yeah. said, well, if you gonna get with me, just mm-hmm. you know what I'm about. Don't come with the craziness because I really don't got time to entertain that no more. Like yeah. that is really something. Like I'm really, really doing everything my power to make the thing of the past.
0: Yeah, I feel you, you. know because yeah, you, you're in the Paul yeah. situation. Paul was yeah, like, no, yeah. Because it that ain't that serious then. no more. Yeah. It's
1: like I ain't trying to break people down. I'm trying to build people up. You That's know, right. we got we got enough other people doing that. You know, I ain't trying to help nobody in their work.
0: I'm trying mm-hmm. to do what
1: God called me to do, and that's, that's where right. I'm going to stand on, you know. So,
0: you said D R. Period. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> How they be saying? Period. 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 <laughs>
0: that's the dopeness of it. So, what's what's um, coming up in the future? So, you said you're going to start. You have your calendar ready, and you're going to start unveiling more music. I guess you're yeah, going to start. So,
1: what I have done top of the year, I, I started putting out records. Yeah. I, all, the, all the whole month, every week I've been um, introducing new music to people, you know, okay. weekly, you know, and um, this this rest of this month of February, I'll be doing the same. March, I will be introducing a little bit more collaborations. Cool. I got short films I've been writing. I got a new app called a Let's Link Up app that I'm going to be uh, okay. launching off soon. And awesome. uh, yeah, I, I I got a lot of good things and I'm setting up now. Yeah. Some uh tour dates, I'm getting ready for South by Southwest because I'm going down here with You're the power of go God. Like, that's what they up, man. never seen them before. I'm like, God, when I go down South by Southwest this year, God, mm-hmm. let's 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 do it. it here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's good.
1: So, I can't wait to do that, you know. And then I just uh actually got um two new artists. That I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to developing up uh, some things on inspirational vibe sure. boy, you know. So yeah, there's a lot of great things that's going on, and I'm just looking forward to uh, sharing all this good information and good. sharing all these good energy and vibes and and yep. picking people up and and allowing God to do what He called me to do.
0: That's a blessing, man. I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited for everything that, you know, will be unveiled. We're saying, of course, the the undertone is always to God be the glory, but he's working in you. And we're excited to see that. Um, Where can people follow you if they're on Instagram or if they want to go to the web? You know, you can drop. Well, you can
1: follow me on drperiod.com. And drperiod.com has everything my Instagram, Mm -hmm. my Facebook, my YouTube. It has everything. You just go to drperiod.com.
0: That's what's up. So we had Dr. in the house. You know, Dr., you want to touch on anything before you jet?
1: Well, brother, I want to say thank you. And I like to send a prayer out to everyone. Father, Lord Jesus, thank you for all you do in our life. We ask you, Lord, to continue on doing the great work that you're doing in our life. We mm-hmm. ask you, Lord, to allow people to grow in you and allow yes. people to come to you and hear what we got to offer yes. in the name of you, Lord. And we thank mm-hmm. you for everything that you do in our life. Amen. Thank you,
0: Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you follow up with DR. Period. Follow him online on all his socials as well as Add his music to your playlist because the playlist is the newest thing. You know, no more records, no more cassettes (laughs) on the phone. Add it to the playlist and let's go. Let's get it. Peace out. Christ Revolution Music Radio Show.
1: Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CRM Radio Show or Baradox 215. You can also
2: follow us on Facebook at Christ Revolution Music. Stay tapped in.